Young Black Equestrians, the podcast, with your hosts, Abriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. I'm Abriana. Um, Aisha. Caitlin. Hi, Aisha. I'm Caitlin. <laughs> me too. Awesome. So I already started recording. Um, we'll be editing stuff anyway. So we do the podcast, Young Black Equestrians, mm-hmm. and are recently decided to start a YouTube channel with these visual representations of our, our interviews and stuff. Um, and so we're trying to reach out to people who have different disciplines or different careers in the horse industry that right. are people of color. So when I came across your dentistry Instagram, I was like, yeah, <laughs> she's one of those that we want to talk to. So welcome to Young Black Equestrian TV. <laughs> Appreciate it. So, Maisha, um, if you just want to tell us about yourself briefly, where you're located, you know, horses you ride and stuff. Um, well, it's not really much. Um, I'm located in Fort Worth, Texas, just uh, South Fort Worth and Everman. And I started barrel racing a couple years ago after a horse accident, broke my back on a young horse and I realized I wasn't really good at riding horses. So I began riding lessons and barrel lessons and I was gave up my whole, you know, white collar career in real estate to make money playing with horses. So that's why I decided to get into horse dentistry. So what what made you get into horses in the first place? I rode horses as a little kid, not really knowing what I was doing. You know, grew up, thought I had to be an adult, get a job, and realized, hey, I'm not happy, you know, sitting at a desk. So went back to the horses, found my bliss, found my peace, and decided, hey, I need to figure out a way to make money helping horses and helping people. So let's talk a little bit about your, your dentistry. What does it entail? Like, what do you have to do to become an equine dentist? A lot of school. Um, I know that the vets, they do teeth. They take about three hours of um, education doing horse teeth, and it shows when you go to get your teeth done at a regular just equine vet. They usually just knock down the sharp teeth and keep it moving. What I learned, I went to 150 hours, and it's quite more extensive than just throwing a rasp in there for you know a couple minutes and being out, which a lot of vets do. Mm -hmm. So you learn the dynamics of how a horse eats, how they process their food and how it really just starts from the mouth. When you get that education, you realize how important it is to know how a horse's mouth mechanism works. And -hmm. if they're not, you know, operating properly, they're not chewing properly. It's usually because there's something wrong in there. And the vets usually don't even cover half the problems that go on in the mouth. So it's pretty extensive as far as the education goes as far as the hours when you want to do a specific specialty career correctly. So is there like a school, like a, a equine dentistry program? Yes, there are a couple schools here in the United States that um, are accredited schools. I ended up going to one in Michigan, which was really far away. I hauled my horses out there. I stayed in my trailer for a whole month um, and literally went to school every single day, including some weekends eight to five, sometimes even later, every single day. And so it was an advanced like fast track class versus breaking it up through the year, a couple of weekends here and there. I wanted to get it down. So mm-hmm. it, it was a lot at once. It was very intense. 
but it was rewarding because I got to go from start to finish within a month. Did you start right after that month was over? Um, I did start um, with my own horses, so trial and error a little bit, <laughs> build my confidence up, and they all needed it anyway. So mm-hmm. um, I did start there, and then I started, you know, with my friends' horses around here, and I just took off from there once I got my confidence up. Mm-hmm. Nice. So do you work in conjunction with a veterinarian, or do you administer whatever sedatives or anything like that? Well, actually, it's the law that no one can sedate a horse other than the owners or a licensed vet in every single state other than Oklahoma. I don't know why they're the exception, but I do not administer sedation. The owners do. A lot of owners are scared of needles, so there's a gel that goes under their tongue that they can use themselves, and it's very easy to do, and anyone can do it. So that's usually how I do my sedations. I can do checks and stuff without using sedation, but I can't look in the back of their mouth very well without the sedation. Yeah, yeah, I've had to do both, so I just, I wasn't sure, I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I know how to do the vein, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to do somebody else's horse just for liabilities reasons. Yeah, I understand that. Um, so what, what conditions, like, in the mouth do you see are, like, most, most prevalent, you know, what do you have to work on the most? The most common problem is usually sharp teeth. Uh, the cheek teeth is what is called the buckles and the lingual teeth, which is alongside their tongue. Um, those are really, really sharp most of the time. But what I've been seeing, you know, the vet, that's what they knock down, those sharp teeth. But that's the problem. They only hit the, the linguals and the buckles and there's really high ramps or really long hooks in the front or the back of the mouth, which impede in the horse chewing properly. So that's the biggest problem I see is maybe someone going in there tinkering with the horse or someone going five years without doing any dental work. And now you have an excessive growth of a tooth in the front or the back of the mouth. When it gets to the point where it's cutting the horse's mouth on the inside, they start losing weight. It's really, really bad at that point. So it takes me probably an extra 30 minutes to work on those type of horses it takes an extra 30 minutes how long does it take in general if it's you know just hey tuning up and little knocking little stuff hit down here and there it it can take 40 minutes 30 minutes but Mm -hmm. that's not usually what I see so Mm -hmm. my horses that I did last year and I go back to to refloat them and just you know make sure everything's good that's going to take me 30 minutes but a horse that hasn't been done in five years it usually takes me about an hour hour and a half because there's so much work to do yeah, I have a um, 25-year-old horse that is going to get his teeth done this week, actually. And I'm just not even ready. Like, <laughs> I am well, not ready for it. Because I know that he has not been done in so long. <laughs> I'm just- I don't know. I get a lot of surprises. I've seen 20-year-old horses with mouths that look like they're 30. I've seen horses that are 30, their mouths look like they're 15. It just depends on the care that they've had routinely over the years you know, 25, they start losing teeth at that point. So you really can't take down a whole, whole, whole lot. And you got to be very careful not to crack any of the teeth because they are overworn at that point. So you got to be really cautious with the older horses. But sometimes you'd be surprised. They look pretty amazing in there. Well, I hope so. (laughs) One can only hope. (laughs) Have either of y'all ever found like a horse tooth that has fallen out? 
Yeah, well, okay, so your horses that are young, under the age of three, they have mm -hmm. their baby teeth that are falling out. And sometimes those baby teeth get stuck and they call caps and the adult tooth hasn't um, had a chance to properly come in because that cap is stuck. So yeah. you have to sometimes pull it off. But a lot of times they just fall out in their feed bin or whatever. And you're like, oh, my horse lost a tooth. Well, it's a baby tooth. I thought, now, my, horse was dying. <laughs> I thought my horse was dying. Oh my! <laughs> I didn't know anything about caps. All I knew was that he had grass sticking out this gray <laughs> tooth and I called the vet and he was like all right I'll be there like when I can and I'm like but you don't understand like <laughs> this tooth is, I'm like trying to arrange how I'm gonna get to the vet school and I'm like I'm never gonna be able to ride in a bit because he's not gonna have a tooth there I'm oh my gosh like I went down you know the worst path and then I went to work and they were like oh yeah you know it's probably a cap and I'm like <laughs> and then I went and pulled it off and I was like okay yeah, just a little baby tooth now that can be a problem though because sometimes they're, they're on there tight and they don't come off and they do um, rub on the opposing tooth which can cause more wear than it needs to be because that baby tooth is not where it's supposed to be which is out of the mouth mm -hmm. so um, I've had that problem I've had people not realize hey my horse is eight so has whoop teeth like those things are supposed to come out at two years old and they're like well they're you know pulling at the bit and it's really hard to train and well there's a whoop tooth there the bits hitting that really small tiny sensitive tooth so mm -hmm. a lot of times it's just being uneducated and unintentional neglect but that's why it's important to start getting your horse's teeth checked at 18 months. He may not need anything at 18 months, but just check it. He may be more advanced in the mouth and needs to get his wolf teeth pulled at that point, you know? So mm -hmm. that's interesting. Just being educated. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that either. My horse still has his wolf teeth and he'll be, he'll be eight this year. So. Oh, are you sure they're not canines? Well, he never had any pulled out, so. Some I horses don't have them. Some oh. horses have, I pulled a horse. Um, he only had one. Mm -hmm. I pulled the one. Um, mm -hmm. Some horses have four. It mm -hmm. just depends on the horse. Yeah, oh. I don't, I, I know, I've, I mean, he has the canines on the sides, but yeah. I haven't seen. I mean, I, it's not that I'm like up, up in there all the time, but I, don't, <laughs> I, I honestly don't think he has them because. He my, might not. My vet was like, you would, you would know before now. Yeah. If you before had. now, you would. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. Not. They, they, if you don't see them by three, you're probably not going to see them. Oh, good. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's not that hard to pull them out, but they just become such an irritant when you're trying to train a horse. Mm -hmm. um, they're just in the way. And then also when you're trying to train a horse and their teeth are sharp or, or overgrown and, you know, they're like, well, they're pulling to one side and they're pulling to that side and they don't want me touching their cheek. It's probably because there's something going on in there. Yeah. Yeah. For so. sure. What are some signs that um, horse owners can look at um, when it comes to horses' teeth when eating? That's a good question. Um, there's a lot of signs. Um, most common people say either my horse is dropping weight or dropping his feed. He's not eating at all. Um, or he's pooping a lot of the whole grain out because um, mm -hmm. he's not chewing it properly. Those are quick, quick, easy signs. If you go to put on your bit 
and you brush against their cheek and you know they're ducking and it's sore um their cheek teeth might be um really really sharp i had another guy um he's like hey i think my horse needs a tooth pulled like there's like swelling right going on on his cheek and i just think you know the tooth's falling out um it wasn't it was very very firmly in place and there was a hole in the horse's cheek because the tooth was so long it was um created a gouge in his cheek and it was infected oh. and it was really funky so awkward smells is another thing another clue um some horses have bad habits of salivating a lot and they create tartar buildup especially on the canines which is not good it can rot a tooth out so mm -hmm. there's a lot of different signs just watching your horse's behavior knowing what the horse's behavior normally is paying attention and seeing a change in it mm -hmm. especially awesome. bit problems is the number one thing um People are like, well, I need to change bits. That's the first thing they go to. I need to change bits. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just need to check and see what's going on in the mouth that's, you know, causing the problem with the bit and then go to changing bits. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's pretty important, like, for us to even acknowledge how important the mouth is. I mean, it's literally <laughs> where we're, you know, focusing all of our energy. You know, they'll say, oh, you know, I'm trying to get his haunches over. I'm trying to da-da-da. But it's like you're in his mouth all the time you know <laughs> whether you're putting food in it or putting a bit in it or mm -hmm. you know just trying to take a picture beside him like their mouth you know they say no was it no hoof no horse it's the same thing with the teeth because if you think about it the horse has to survive off food so that's the first thing the horse prehends grass or whatever it may be in the wild. The grass is, you know, the first um, thing that they eat. And when they're prehending or using their incisors to rip the grass, that's the first step. So they taught us in school um, that don't know how to work on incisors. And it's really sad because they're taking all this stuff down in the back and they're going to prehend the grass and they can't properly pull it because the, the incisors are not balanced because, you know, the vets didn't balance those. Um, yeah. so it starts with the mouth. So if they can't prehend or pull that grass, how are they even supposed to get it in their mouth to start chewing it and processing it and breaking it down? Mm -hmm. Um, another important thing, like you can create bad habits by having a bad mouth. And I know this personally from my horse, I had a vet, oh, he flattened my horse's teeth. So like completely, he did not know what he was doing. He flattened all of them. She started chomp chewing. She couldn't chew her food. I had to create mash for her. Uh-oh. Hold on a second. We can't hear you. You muted yourself. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> okay, now we can hear you. You said she started chomp eating. Oh, wait, she can't hear us hear me now yeah uh -huh. okay i'm sorry she got into a habit of fighting the bit because her mouth was so sore from what that vet did to her and mm -hmm. now she had in order to prevent her from shaking her head or trying to pull away because she was so used to having pain in the mouth associated with a bit mm -hmm. so their mouths are very important just as important as their hooves so mm -hmm. yeah what so you said that you recommend um starting to 
I guess, whether, whether they're being floated or not, just at least having che- horses' teeth checked around two. Well, they start, they say 18 months just because that's where the wolf teeth can start coming in. Okay. Um, but by two, yeah, they should have a dental appointment. Caps are falling off at that point. You need to make sure that they're coming out properly. So two is a good staple, but you can start a little earlier than that. And then, I mean, honestly, if you're going to be honest, you're supposed to update every six months, but I know, you know, people don't even go for their own teeth every six months sometimes, but, um, at least every year, at least every 12 months, there's so much growth that happens in one year. They grow about three millimeters every year. So you don't want one little tooth getting um, overgrown and causing a small little problem that can be a huge problem later on down the road. Right, right. And so I don't know. Well, fun fact, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but horses' teeth like continue to grow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's... um. I mean, that it, it never stops. So that can. No, it does stop. Now, that, that is a misnomer. Okay. Like yeah, a gerbil or a rabbit, they keep, 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 keep growing. Mm-hmm. So the horse's tooth is actually, it's actually about that long. So mm-hmm. it keeps erupting up until the root. So your older horse is uh, at the end of its tooth life cycle. So yes, his teeth might start falling out at some point. Mm-hmm. They become more concave, more glassy, more fragile, and eggshell-like once they get older because they're at the end of the root. You only see so much tooth, and it erupts slowly every year, but they do stop at some point. So it's just deep within the cavity. Oh, mm-hmm. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. How, do we, how can we tell um, who to go to? Like somebody that knows what they're doing what questions should we be asking first before we just say hey you're equine dentist come work on my horse's teeth um if someone has started to learn about equine dentistry they probably know more than just a regular person um so they could probably fool you very easily but definitely ask questions about incisors which is the front teeth which is the number one thing that vets do not do. So it's important to ask the vet, hey, do you work on incisors? Do you know how to balance the incisors um, while balancing the back of the mouth? Um, That's a huge um, one to ask. Um, You ask them if they use power or hand tools. I use hand tools, I'm gonna learn how to use power later on, but how many hours experience do you have on power? Because um, a lot of people that are going in this industry and learning real quickly about power, they're um, actually damaging horses' teeth by um, putting the tool on too long or not using enough water to cool the tooth down or the tool down, and it's burning up the pulp inside the tooth and killing the tooth, which eventually does kill the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like uh, hand tools because I can get in there, fill it with my hand, and, and keep going. Um, I cannot overdo it within 20 seconds on a hand tool. Um, it is more old school to do it that way. And that's how, you know, they did it for hundreds of years before they came out with all this power. But it's important to ask what type of tools they are using. If you Mm -hmm. see them come in with one or two tools, get your horse and get out of there. I use several tools. It takes um, multiple tools for depending on what part of the mouth they're working on. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you can ask them that, you know, how many tools do you have? How many years have you been doing this? Um, you can Google a couple quick words and see if they understand the lingo. And, you know, if you use incisors or molars or buckle or lingual, 
a common person wouldn't know that, but mm -hmm. if you find dentist, definitely should know what those words are. Mm -hmm. right. right. I'm getting anxiety about my appointment. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't get anxiety. I mean, getting them looked at is the is the first step. Now, you could see pretty quickly if someone knows what they're doing or not. And you know, every job's not perfect. I've had jobs where I started working on a horse and I had to stop because the sedation is wearing off where there was too much work to do and I could not do everything in one cycle. Uh, case in point, the guy that had the hole in his cheek, that tooth had grown so long that I was scared of opening up the pulp chamber. So I had to knock it down, come back in six weeks, knock it down some more and then come back again in another six weeks to finish wow. it out because it was so long that I ran the risk of opening up the pulp chamber, which would have killed the tooth and killed the horse. They're pretty sensitive animals. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is true. All right. So I know, and we started talking about your little boy. How do you balance? you know, your workload with being a mom, a new mom and everything? Um, that's a work in progress. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, his father is also a horse person. So that helped. Um, <laughs> you know, he's only seven months now, but he uh, is riding horses and stuff with us carrying him. So if I got something to do, or if I want to go practice barrels for an hour, he'll watch him and you know, herd the cattle up or whatever on the horse. And by the time he's done, I'll take the baby on the horse and he's, you know, tie down calf rope and on, on the other side of the arena. So we just take turns with it. That's, that's pretty much what we have to do. That's awesome. Y'all have your own farm? No, we don't, unfortunately. Um, we, live at, we live at a boarding ranch. So um, there's several horses here and um, there is an arena we get to utilize. And he helps the landlord with calves so he can practice on the calves anytime he wants to since he helps them. It's different living in a, in a public place versus a private facility. But yeah, there's lots of horses here, lots of clients in and out. Um, done training with kids. I prefer to train kids, not adults. But um, I do a little bit of that as well on the side. Kids just pick it up easier and listen and fearless. Yes. Yes, <laughs> they haven't developed <laughs> any habits yet. Yeah, and the, and the adults seem to, you tell them what to do, but they're scared and, yes. and they forget. And, yeah. and it's like, I totally understand because I don't do <laughs> kids. I don't do adults. <laughs> yeah. I like it out here. Um, it's close to the city, and that's probably why, why we haven't moved yet. It's um, mm -hmm. accessible for people to find me. And I don't have to go to so many farms on out calls, but if I have to go to their farm, that's fine. But I rather have them here. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah, I was gonna ask how how far do you travel from your home base? Uh, I'll travel anything for the money. No. <laughs> <laughs> I usually do require a minimum. You know, I I usually um. You know, if I leave my barn, it's automatic 20 bucks. And then, you know, every 10 miles, it's tacked on from there. But um, I went to Oklahoma to do horses and I required five horses. And so I split the um, travel fee amongst the five owners. And so, right. yeah, but five horses in one day is a lot. 
I'm sure. I'm sure. Do you typically do one in a day? Um, we t- I usually do an average about two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know maybe one person brings their friend or one person has two horses. So yeah, it's usually two or three, and it's pretty tiring after that. It's a lot of physical activity. So yeah, yeah. Do you work out outside of doing that? Uh, horses is my workout. The free gym membership. <laughs> yeah, proper, what is it called? Proper riding position. That's my workout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've noticed um, I haven't lost my baby weight yet, and I've, I've felt the difference riding with mm-hmm. the extra weight and with my core not being strong anymore. When I do force myself to ride properly, boy, my abs tell me the truth um, quickly. So uh, the other day I had a horse that wasn't really keeping his head still. I had to bend down, squat down, pop up. I was moving the whole entire time I was doing his mouth. But, you know, that's part of it. You can't just expect the horse to stand there perfectly. you got to move with the horse. There's a lot of exercise in the horse teeth. Mm-hmm. Our biceps are pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. I mean, the sheer amount of force that you have to apply, I'm sure that's... Well, those tools are pretty sharp. It's just you're consistently holding your arm up back and forth, so that's really what tires them out. But I've cut myself quite a bit on the tool itself. Hmm. It's sharp. Let's let's talk about the tools a little bit. Does it look like a rasp? It does, but it's way sharper. the rasp is more like a fingernail filer. This is more like a flat saw, and it's it's very very sharp um, because it literally is ripping off the you know the edges of the tooth, and the blades get dull and I have to replace them. But it's super 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 sharp. And then for like the wolf teeth, I have instruments that cut the ligament of the gum line. Sorry about the chickens. <laughs> away from the horse's tooth and so that's really sharp too and you got to be very careful and very slow so it's important to have good tools the most important tool I have is my spec because that keeps my arm and my hand safe it pries mm-hmm. the horse's mouth open and keeps it open while I'm doing my work and so I know you were saying that um, a lot of veterinarians don't you know know how to balance the incisors how do you do that with the speculum that's what keeps our mouth open right yeah. I actually have a gag for that and you can buy them online but I made my own and um it literally is just a really big round rubber tube and it goes in their mouth like a bit would but it keeps their mouth open to where I can work on their incisors mm-hmm. and not worry about them chomping down they prefer the gag over the speck because the speck mm-hmm. really gets pressure on their jaws but um, I work on the incisors last because by that time my drugs are kind of wearing off. The incisors seem to have more nerve endings and it wakes them up even more. So I wait to do the incisors to the very end. How do you sanitize the tools? I use soap and water, Dawn soap and water, mm-hmm. honestly. But the stainless steel stuff, anything that, you know, like my wolf teeth pullers where it's a lot of blood, um, I use chlorhexidine. And I mix mm-hmm. it with water. It's concentrated. I mix it with water. But I also use that to rinse their mouth out. I don't know if you ever heard of chlorhexidine, but I mean, your dentist will give it to you if you have some oral infection or something going on. They'll give it to people too. So it's just a more concentrated form for the horses. And you can buy it at the pet store or whatever. But 
Yeah. Yeah, it just rinses their mouth out, especially with the nicks and cuts they get when you're floating them. Um, just keeps it from infection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use, I can't remember what percentage it is, but it's like we use it for surgery also um, a, yeah. as a surgical surgical scrub beforehand. Yeah. So that is awesome. That is awesome. So in, in being a young entrepreneur, what advice do you have for people who would want to kind of go into the equine dentistry world or even just starting their own business? Um, you know what? I've had a lot of negativity. Um, I had a lot of people doubting me and downing me and saying that that's too advanced or it's too much or you're too old to learn that. And, you know, if it's your passion and your dream, go for it. I left a very <laughs> successful real estate career to work with horses because it made me happy. It was my passion and, you know, do what you love, do what makes you happy. And my vet, he um, started vet school at 35. Was he too old to go to vet school? Obviously not. Cause eight years later he has his own practice now. So um, go after your dreams. Don't let anyone, you know, tell you you can't. But what I wish is I wish that I would have took more time to learn more basics and how much care horses do require. And I think I would have got on a better foot had I took those initial steps to learning really how to build a relationship with a horse. Mm -hmm. But go for it. Don't let no one hold you back. Great advice. So anywho, well, Caitlin, do you have any more questions? I do. And this question I always get when I, whenever I'm around kids and stuff, they always ask, can you brush a horse's teeth? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That, um, was like a loaded question. Not really, but, um, I've known people to floss their horse's teeth. I have known one lady (laughs) with floss. I know one lady, she did brush her horse's teeth, but I think she was just mental, but they don't really require the brushing. But every once and again, you can get an excessive gap where hay does get stuck in between their teeth. Hold on one second. He's like right here. Hey, rooster, go. Hey. You know, uh, rooster. <laughs> but, yeah, so I have to dig out hay sometimes. I had a client the other day. One of his incisors was displaced. And so there was a gap, um, very small gap where really the tooth should have been. And I had to pick some of that hay out, but I was like, I'm not going to be with you every day. So you need to watch this and make sure that an infection doesn't get in there. Mm-hmm. He really can't floss the horse's teeth. But yeah, I guess some crazy people do, but it's not required. <laughs> <laughs> what about to keep the, the amount of tartar buildup? Is that the same thing, just using a rag? Um, no, you cannot get it with a rag, actually. My horse salivates a lot. He he just has an anxiety thing where he sticks his tongue out a lot and he salivates a lot. So mm-hmm. his canines build up really bad with tartar. Usually those are the teeth that do get the tartar. Sometimes mm-hmm. the incisors do, but the canines are the worst. And the guy, this guy from Mississippi asked me what to do. And I said, well, it's very simple. You can do it yourself. Get some pliers, apply a minimal pressure to the canines and twist, and you'll just see that harder to come off like a candy show and he did it and he was like oh so accomplished that he did this but it was so simple no one just had told him about that before he was worried that the tooth was infected because it was so caked up with tartar mm-hmm. and once he did that 
it was gone. I said, just watch it every six months to a year. It might build back up if your horse has a salivating habit. It's pretty simple fix. Anyone can do it. You don't need to be, you know, schooled on it or anything. Just get some pliers and twist it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see a major difference in the growing habits of regular size horses versus dra- draft horses versus mini horses? I think all horses, their teeth erupt just differently depending on their work and their um, eating habits. I feel like horses that are stalled more and on grain, they tend to be the horses that have a lot more problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really matter if the size of their horse. It depends on what they're eating and chewing and, and doing. Horses that have hardier foliage, like alfalfa or maybe one that chews on trees sometimes for minerals, mm-hmm. they seem to have more of a balanced mouth because they're grinding their teeth. They're using their teeth the way they're supposed to in the wild. And they seem to have less problems, but you know, one tooth can get out of control and jack the whole mouth up. So yeah, it really is just a horse by horse thing. I've worked on draft horses and I don't know why they seem way easier, even though they're way bigger. Um, Their mouths are way more intense, but they're just a calmer demeanor. So they're easier to work on, but they have just as many problems as a pony. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had my veterinarian uh, when I went to get my mini castrated. Mm-hmm. She was like, are you sure you bought a seven-month-old mini? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, plus or minus like a couple weeks. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's around his age. And she was just saying, she was like, his teeth look like he's three. And I'm like, well, girl, he just hit a growth spurt like while I had <laughs> Like, you can't tell me that <laughs> a mini horse at three years old that grew like that. Like, his legs got long. Right. I couldn't pick him up anymore. Like, I was like, no, he was definitely a baby. But she was so convinced that he was around three. And then later on that week, she texted me and was like, oh, my God. I just saw a nunny, another mini horse who was supposed to be pretty young. And her teeth looked like she was older. And I was like okay she's like maybe that's just a mini horse thing but I'm like now so you mean to tell me his mouth is old now I have to like (laughs) you know track him earlier um it's funny you say that a lot of people do go off of teeth for the age and there's really unless you know when that horse was born you know saw it yourself or have papers you can't really exactly pinpoint the age. Um, you can get a ballpark estimate and they go by the teeth and they go by the Galvain's groove in the first notch in their incisors. It is harder to age. Um, I would say a mini or a donkey horse because their teeth are a little different and I'm not gonna say they're dork, but their breed is a smaller breed. So it is harder to tell the age on those. But I bought a horse, the guy said he was seven. I'm like, I got a mature horse. It's awesome took him to the dentist he's like yeah he's turning four (laughs) just now starting to come in and at back then I didn't know anything about teeth and Mm -hmm. um, they swindled me because I was asking for an older more mature horse and they gave me this young baby horse that barely knew anything (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yeah definitely if someone's telling you a horse is this age and selling the horse to you it doesn't hurt to have the vet, hey, can you look at the incisors and maybe guesstimate their age to make sure they're really telling you the truth. But the mini and the donkeys are really, really hard to pinpoint. 
Okay. Well, that makes me feel better because I'm just like, yes. no, he's a baby. He's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know why they, you know, swindled me on the opposite. Normally, people say the horse is younger than they are, mm-hmm. but because I desired an older horse, that's what they were telling me he was. So, right, right. But Do you recommend? Um, you know, I know a lot of people don't do pre-purchase exams, you know, how important would you say that is, especially looking, I mean, not only at teeth, but lameness and everything else. How Um, important would you say that is? How important is your pocketbook? That's what I would say. (laughs) Um, pre-purchase exam is extremely important. I don't care. I think I was looking at a horse for $500. And I looked at another horse for $10,000. They both got a pre-purchase exam. I don't care what the price is. Um, mm-hmm. I want to know what I'm getting into. Mm-hmm. So the $500 horse had some lameness issues. Guess what? Didn't buy the horse. It was cheaper, but he had more problems. So super important. It also helps to see how well the other previous owner took care of the horse. Was the horse just turned out to pasture? Was he stalled every day? Does he have cribbing um, problems? Does he have anxiety or lameness or, or sensitivity? My uh, expensive barrel horse ended up having thin soles. Mm. Easy fix, but it was something I needed to know before I started using him. You know? Right, right. You so, spent most money diagnosing. Yeah, I mean, and with the amount of problems horses have these days, because us as humans have domesticated mm-hmm. them, put them out of their environment into stalls, they are getting more problems and more issues. So it's just important to see what all is going on. Someone could tell you all day that the horse is healthy and then mask a problem, you know, that mm-hmm. the vet or someone else could really see. And it's okay to take a friend with you, someone else that's another horse person, you know, just a second set of eyes or a second brain to ask questions. That's mm-hmm. what you're paying for the pre-purchase exam is questions and going through things on the horse. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. I don't want to take up all of your day, but I think the sheer amount of information you shared, like a lot of people didn't know, didn't know. Yeah. Including yeah. me. <laughs> I think you can learn no matter what. I don't care if you're 50 years old, things change every day. You could always mm-hmm. learn something new. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be a horse owner, get educated, stay educated, you know, always I love YouTube I love looking up information so it's great that you guys are making this podcast to help people learn more Mm -hmm. it's super important because the more you know about horses and how to take care of them the better life they'll have the more balanced life Mm -hmm. you guys will have together as a as two partners so right that is the truth that's the truth so shout out your your socials if you want people to follow you (laughs) um I do have the twisted bit EQD Instagram as well as on Facebook. I post a lot of funny stuff on Instagram because, you know, that's Instagram, but um, (laughs) I'm always available to answer questions. You know, I like to have fun. I like to educate people. I like to help people, even if they're in Mississippi or any other state and I can help them, I will. So Mm -hmm. awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. You have a great day. I appreciate you guys too. You girls. Thank you for listening to Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for updates. Listen, rate, and review us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Tune in next week for another episode.